Nashville Predators kick off a road trip amidst a lot of trade rumors surrounding guys like Matias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, uh, Ryan McDonough, and more. So that begs the question, how much time do the Preds actually have to start turning things around? And will this road trip determine what happens at the trade deadline? Plus, Carolina Hurricanes tonight. It is great barbecue versus terrible barbecue. We'll have a preview of that tonight on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators daily podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer, an editor at ontheforecheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Also want to mention today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, got the placed my first uh, Ohio sports bet the other you day. You did. Yeah. Do you uh, want to I, share what it was? Yes, I bet on the Preds to beat the Canadians because. Nice. Because rarely do you have an instance in which both teams are like, yeah, Preds need to win this one. <laughs> Very nice. Are you rich now? Did no, you just come was, to work? Was, you like the quality? You like your job? Yeah, it, it was $10. And uh, I, I won, like, I finished like plus six and 23 cents or something like that. So nice. have 16 big ones now. Come on, you're just well on your way. Yeah, I'll check out those odds from Bet Online later. But uh, it's it's hard to bet on the Nashville Predators because you never know which Nashville Predators team is going to show up, and that seems to kind of take us to where we are today. Uh, the Nashville Predators start off a five game road trip uh, tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Preview of that game coming up in a little bit. But the big question is. It feels like this may be kind of the defining stretch of the season, And Let's kind of break down big picture where we are right now. The Predators, uh, outside looking in on the playoffs, if you look at Don Lashusen's model uh, in The Athletic yesterday, uh, the Preds have 22% odds to make the playoffs, and even if they do, only 5% uh, chance to get past the first round. Uh, they have some tough games on the schedule that they're going to still need to steal points from. Um, and they are, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of in a place where if they play the way they have playing, they are going to have a monumental uphill climb to get there. So it feels like, Ann, you know, if, if they, if they don't see vast improvements, is this kind of the last stand for this Nashville Predators team as we know it? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, if they play like they've been playing, 
And that to me is more the asterisk on what's going to happen with the Nashville Predators than almost the upcoming schedule, which is a whole nother story. The upcoming schedule is a whole other story. The Predators have improved over the last, you know, couple of games, couple of weeks. We're, you know, we've seen them working towards that. It's finally starting to pay off. But is this the Nashville Predators team that's going to finish out this season against these top teams? Because if we're still going to see this team waffle back and forth with, hey, good game, some things are clicking. Oh, but some things are not clicking and we need to address them. This team does not have a chance to make the playoffs. And, you know, my grandmother loved Jesus, but she was a wise woman. And she said, sometimes you got to poop or get off the pot. And I think David Poyle is at that place. You know, you either are all in on this team and you're going to ride that 22% chance and hope for the best, or you've got to get off the pot. And we're hearing some names swirling that may be part of a discussion. It may just be rumor and speculation at this point. But the Nashville Predators, the bottom line is they're running out of time for the team as it's constructed right now to make a run to the playoffs. They have a very small window in which to prove they can consistently play the way they've played recently. Yeah. It feels like no matter what, there are going to be some major changes coming at this point this summer. As for whether it comes at the trade deadline, which a lot of people, you know, we, we, I know you talked about Matias Eckholm yesterday and his name being out there. That's a different story because as we've seen in past trade deadlines, David Poyle, almost sometimes to a fault, likes to back his team. He doesn't like to do a lot at the trade deadline. He only sells if they're just like way at like way out of the conversation or he feels like he just has to. Yeah. Um, you know, you look in the, the, the past years, you know, the chances he's had to trade like Mikhail Granlin and Craig Smith. Um, you know, he's kind of, you know, kicked the can on those chances because the Predators were still in the playoff mix. Um, you know, even though they were kind of on the outside looking at the time, he's like, well, as long as there's a chance, I don't want to blow up this team. I want to give this team a chance. Right. Uh, you look at the uh, the COVID late start year, 2021. Uh, there's a lot of people that are like, okay, he, need, he needs to, you know, yeah, you know, tear it down it a little. Somebody here. Yeah, Mikhail Granlin was on the block um, because that was back when he was on a one-year deal. You know, we saw Matthias Eckholm, Ryan Ellis's name kind of thrown around. Ryan Ellis could get traded that summer. But, you know, David Poyle would say later, he's like, well, I didn't really want to make a trade. He's like, I was taking offers, but I didn't really want to make a deal. I still believed in this team. And if we get to March – if if the Predators play themselves where they're even in the conversation, maybe they're still on the outside looking in, but maybe they're playing better. Like maybe they went on a little bit of a run late and they're like, you know, four or five points out. David Poyle is going to look at that and say, well, this team is trending in the right direction. I'm not going to mess with that right now. I'm going to give them a chance. Do you um, agree with him doing that? I mean, it depends on what your assessment of the Nashville Predators are. And that's why I think not just necessarily the stretch right before the trade deadline is important, but I think this stretch is important because yes. I feel like you need to see 
some wholesale improvements. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, you know, the Predators over the past, you know, a couple weeks or so, we have seen them improve. You know, not even just the big win against Montreal yesterday, but in Vegas, that was yes. a close game. We saw the Preds battle back and play very well, other than a few very, very bad stretches. Same with Dallas. We saw them play very well in that game, other than a few very, very bad stretches. Colorado Avalanche right before Christmas, you know, that was, you know, maybe the best 30 minutes of hockey the Preds have played all year, followed by 30 minutes of some of the worst hockey the Preds have played all year. (laughs) Yeah. That to me is where I think I'd be concerned if I'm David Poyle is, are those bad stretches going to go away? You know, it's good that the Predators have shown some really good pockets of play. Really good pockets of play here for the Nashville Predators. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it, that's that's a good thing, but it's got to be the norm during games, and especially during these next couple games. Yes. And look, you, you don't have to play the perfect 60 minutes. You're never going to, rarely going to play a game mm-hmm. in which, you know, you play the perfect 60 minutes. But are those good stretches enough to carry you to really, really good wins over good teams. And that's what we're going to find out here because we have Carolina on the schedule who right now is one of the best teams in the Eastern conference leading their division. We have guys like Toronto uh, coming up on the schedule. We have more games against like Vegas, Minnesota, um, a lot of tough teams that are on the calendar in these next couple of months. And you want to see the predators improve now. And, you know, even if you even if you drop some games here and there, if you can go and get points against good teams, no offense to like the Montreal Canadiens or Chicago Blackhawks or Anaheim Ducks. But if you go out and just play really good hockey, impressive hockey consistently against good teams these next two months, then I think you go at the deadline and you say, okay. Like this is maybe, maybe we're on the right track. Maybe now I can look at keeping this team pat, maybe adding one or two more pieces. If this is the year, like if this is like it for the core, regardless, maybe I go out and see if there's one or two more pieces I can add uh, that would improve this team. Can you imagine if that's the path David Poyle takes to response? If that's Just take a path. minute and, and imagine imagine the fan response if David Poyle says, you know what, I'm going to stick with this core group and see what they can do to the end. And I'm laughing, not because I necessarily disagree with David Poyle, but because I bet one or two people might. No, I think they will not. I think the fact <laughs> that we're even having this discussion right now uh, would probably anger uh, a quite yes. a few Nashville yeah. Braves fans. But then on the other hand, and maybe we should uh, wait to talk about this after the break, what happens if the Predators don't improve or if they kind of play the same sort of static, good stretches, but, you know, bad ending, that kind of thing? Uh, What happens then? And then maybe that's where we lead into uh, some more trade talk. I know you had some yesterday, but... Um, hey, you know, when one of your franchise leaders is on the trade block, eh, it's a topic of conversation. It is. Um, let's it is. let's do that. Let's do that in a second. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, some of the trade speculation going on 
Uh, but first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college football national championship to basketball to soccer around the world, and of course, hockey. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Dan. Let's we we know what David Poyle's history is. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't like to make changes in season. Right. But let's say the Predators are still playing this sort of hot and cold, streaky style of hockey, and we get to the trade deadline, and maybe technically they're still in the conversation, but they have a big, big hill to climb, and it just they haven't given any indication that they're going to consistently make that climb. What do you do then? Uh, that's a, okay. It depends on who you ask. We should definitely ask on Twitter. What do you do then? Cause I think we would have some very firm responses on what the path forward would be, but I, you know what? And I have to say this, I, I tend to be more David Poyle-ish in the sense that you go with the girl you brought. Like, dance with the girl you brought. See what this team has all the way through to the end. However, I think we're going to know who this team is well before the trade deadline. So I think it's going to be decisions that Poyle's going to have to make sooner rather than later. Uh, We've talked about a couple names. You know, look, somebody said Matias Ekholm. Okay. Do you know what you're going to get back if you trade away Matias Ekholm? I mean, that's 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 a million-dollar question because he has played good this season. He has right. played really good this season. Defensively, right. if you just look at my defensive metrics, one of the best defensemen in the NHL this entire season, but he's also on the wrong side of 30, and he has three more seasons on that contract after this one. And our team's going to look at that and saying, um, you know? Yeah. That's that's he's you can help us right now, but that might be a pickle three years from now if he regresses. If you trade for Matias at home, what you're gonna get in return, two things. You're gonna get fear and you're gonna get regret. <laughs> and if you've made a New Year's resolution like I have, those are two things you are not welcoming in your life in 2023. Trading away Matias at home is a bad idea. Don't do it. Interesting. Even if the Predators like pull the trigger and go for like a rebuild. No, I think he, I think Matias Ekholm is part of your core that you keep. I do. Even, even if he's on the wrong side of 30 and you're facing, and you're facing a year. I mean, I'm on the wrong side. He's <laughs> younger than me and it's okay. I know, but it just is so wrong. Yeah, First I of mean, all, he may be a slower hockey player, but he is a smarter and wiser man. And do you oh, really no. want to exchange that for speed in, in the folly of youth? I think not. I don't disagree, but if you're going in the direction of we need to rebuild or we need to get younger or we need to get some new people, I mean, isn't that like the first guy? 
like one of the guys you get to, a guy who's playing right now, really good hockey. Here's the thing. I am not of the belief that it is a slash and burn. And I do think defensively, obviously, Roman Yossi is not going to go anywhere. Uh, but I also think Matias Ekholm should not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Even as you're developing, like, even if you're like, look, we're, it, we're, we're rebuilding. I don't think Matias Ekholm goes anywhere. You look at how well he does with, you know, somebody like Alexander Carrier, who he has spent several seasons with recently. And, you know, we talked with him after the game, the Montreal game. And he was saying, look, this is a, you know, a young guy that came into the league and I've seen him grow and I've seen him develop and he's a really great player. And he is, Alexander Carrier is growing in to a solid defenseman for the Nashville Predators. You need people like Matthias Ekholm to walk alongside young defensemen like that. So keep Roman Yossi and keep Matthias Ekholm and bring up the young guys with those two veterans, because I don't think you're going to get a team that comes in and says, Hey, yeah, this guy's on the wrong side of 30. I know what you mean. And he's got this big contract. I don't think you're going to get in return for this team. What you get, if you keep Matias at home and he helps you develop defensemen. Fair. I mean, that is fair. I guess my other thing for that is if you don't trade Matias at home, if you hold on to Matias at home, who then do you trade? Because this is a core that's not getting the job done. This is a core that thus far, you know, other than two years have proven that they consistently can't lead a team to being a contender or they just don't have that anymore. So, So what do you change? Because this can't just be like, you know, you trade like, a couple of you know fringe second liners, fringe third lines, or like a couple of depth defensemen, and call it a day. You have to change the people you build your team around. That's what the Nashville Predators have to do. And but do it, you have to do you have to trade away big pieces to rebuild necessarily? Like yes. Are do you feel like there aren't enough pieces in the pipeline in the system for the Predators to keep a couple of those big pieces and then backfill? I mean, you can do, you can try to do like what St. Louis did a few years ago, where it's like, you know, you've always had um, the Vladimir Tarasenko's or the Alex Petrangelo's or anybody like that. And you just try to, you know, find enough dynamic players elsewhere and then, you know, hope guys like, you know, Robert Thomas come through the pop line. I mean, Washington did the same thing. Pittsburgh did the same thing. I mean, they kept Sidney Crosby, Alexander Malkin or um, Evgeny Malkin. Washington kept Alexander Ovechkin, um, you know, and they kept, you know, the big guns and just kind of cycled out the depth players. The only problem with that, Anne, is that's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Alex Ovechkin. Do the Predators have those once in a generational players on the team? Roman Yossi, maybe. Yeah. But nobody else, yeah. I mean, with, with all due respect, you know, I love the way, you know, Philip Forsberg plays. I love the way Matt Duchesne plays, but they're on, you know, a level way below the, the players that you can just consistently have on your team. And no matter who you shuffle in and out, they're going to be good. Yeah. You know, I would say Philip Forsberg is a keep, but here's the I problem. Mean, I think you have to at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're in it and, and I'm, and I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that one. Like, is he Alex Ovechkin? No, but I do think he's a player that you keep 
and you build around and he is somebody that you want to you want in this organization for the long term the problem is the players that you would in the situation of a quote unquote rebuild the players that you would go ahead and step away from are the ones you can't that's right you know what i'm saying that's where nationals you look at they're bringing in these these young you know they're bringing in cody glass they're bringing in Yuso parson and um they're bringing in tommy novak and you're looking at these three younger players who you know they're not a philip forsberg right now or whatever but they're showing they're ready for nhl minutes they're ready to grow in the nhl not at the ahl level in the nhl level but i and and i you know i hate to say this because i don't like change don't like change my friends um but you're almost you're almost running out of space to bring those younger players in and develop but the places in which you would plug them in, you've got players with contracts that they're, they're just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Duchesne is a no movement clause that begins next year too. So if you're going to try to move that, you better make that fast. I, I don't see them being able to move Ryan Johansson's contract without a major something going the wrong way without a big piece of salary retained. And at that point yeah. you got to mention, okay, is that worth it? Right. Or, you know, you have to trade a high draft pick to get somebody to take that contract off your hands or throw in another prospect with that. Um, but that's, but that's the problem, man, is, you know, if you're not trading your tradable pieces like Matthias Eckholm, who still has some value left, Mikhail Granlund, who has sort of a manageable contract or somebody like Alexander Carey, who's a restricted free agent and will probably get you a big return who else are you trading? Because like you said, the pieces you would want to trade, the pieces you would do anything to get rid of, you can't really trade those contracts without doing something that's actually probably going to be more hurtful to your team in the short term than the long term. Like you may have to give up a first round pick if you want Brian Johansson's contract off your books. You may have to give up a good prospect or retain a lot of salary that you can't really use to bring in other guys. So that to me, and a lot of it, I think the best way to kind of sum it up here is it's going to depend on what David Poyle or whoever is general managing the Nashville Predators this summer. That's a whole different conversation. That was out loud. Yep. Whoever is in charge of the Nashville Predators this summer, Mm -hmm. what direction they want to go in. Are they going for the sort of Pittsburgh thing where you just hope to backload like you said, Mm -hmm. and hope that kind of fixes a lot of the shortcomings with this team. Or do you think that they need to completely rebuild who this team is built around, you know, in the short term, that means giving more power to the people like Cody glass, Yusuf Parson and Phil Tomasino when he comes up, maybe Luke Evangelista makes a debut at some point this season, because if that's the case, if it's the latter, then you have some very, very uncomfortable discussions, mm-hmm. including the guys you don't want to trade, but maybe need to, to jumpstart a rebuild. And I think that's going to be the million dollar question. Not only, you know, how the Preds play this next little bit and what they do with the trade deadline, but whoever's in charge, what direction they want to go this summer. That is going to dictate a lot, Anne. 
Well, that just makes me feel very uncomfortable and unhappy inside. I, I'm sorry to ruin your morning. <laughs> I don't like change. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else take the wheel and I'll just talk about you while you do it. How about that? There we go. We'll have fun here. So coming up, we are going to talk about tonight's game, Nashville Predators facing off against Nino Niederreiter's old buddies. They're not his friends anymore, at least not tonight. We're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes. Sweet baby Jesus. We're playing the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> but before we talk about that game, we want to talk to you about Built Bar. This is a topic you know Nick and I are big fans of talking about. Built Bars are a delicious treat and if you're looking for a delicious treat but you do not want all the fat and calories because look it's a new year we're all working on a new you we're making commitments to our health i know that's something that i did then you have got to try a built bar you know i've got a lot of things coming up this year so my goal is to be healthier and if you are like me you want to eat healthier but you also don't want to eat gross foods and you don't want to compromise on taste, then you have got to go with a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious and they are good for you. You're going to think it's a scam. It's not. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes a Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors. My kid's favorite is churro. Uh, I would die for the Cherry Barcia and also a peanut butter brownie. And they also have flavors like coconut almond. And I'm not sure how they do it. I just know they do do it. Built Bars taste like a candy bar and they maintain amazing macros. You have 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box and try these. For years, we've talked about, hey, you go to built.com and you order your built bars. Wait a second, friends. It just got easier. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. So head to Walmart today when you're picking up your groceries. Just walk real quick through the pharmacy section and you can grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, if there's any left because I might have got there first, or coconut puffs. Or if you're running to Sam's Club, you can go in and grab a 13-bar box with hip flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. So be sure you check out Built Bar. And again, Walmart and Sam's Club, Built Bar, healthy and tasty. I think the Predators are going to need a few Built Bars tonight, Anne, uh, mm -hmm. because they have... Okay. The Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, right now, the second best team in the NHL. They're leading their division. Uh, and the good news is, hey, they lost their last game, so they're beatable. The bad news is, they won the, nine, the, the bad news is they won the nine before that. Yeah. Uh, and they're so, angry now. We don't and, want them yeah. angry. And they're angry now. Um, and, you know, the thing that stands out for me for Carolina is defense. Mm. And, you know, we, we've talked before about Peter Kachetkov and goal uh, and how much mm -hmm. just kind of he's looking maybe like a he, he came up late, but kind of looking maybe like a rookie of the year candidate right now. Yes. But you go through 
you know, if you go on naturalstattrick.com and you sort defense by, you know, like best defenders, fewest chances given up per 60 minutes while they're on the ice, and you look at the top 10 and you go, hey, look, there's Jacob Slavin. Hey, look, there's Brady Shea. Hey, look, there's Brent Burns somehow. Hey, look, there's Brett Pesci. Hey, look, there's Calvin DeHaan. You know, you go through this list and it's just like littered with Carolina Hurricanes. And then it's just, you know, you, you come to the realization, it's like, you know, they got goaltending. Like they yes. definitely have the goaltending, but teams are barely getting any good chances against that goal, no matter who's in net. Yeah. And we're talking about, uh, Koch- how do you say it? Kochnikov? Kachetkov. Kachekov. I never get the, the enunciation syllable right, but I'm going to learn these things. You know, this is a young goaltender, 23 years old. He just won last week. He was um, rookie or last month. He was rookie of the month for December. And his stats in December are not only a reflection of how good this young goaltender is, but exactly what you're talking about defensively. So his save percentage, 939 save percentage, only 1.63 goals against allowed two shutouts. Like, not only is he great in goal, but the defense in front of him is really hog-tying any sort of offensive, you know, weapons that that are getting near the goal. So this is a team that, that really is going to be a challenge for the Nashville Predators. They don't give up a lot of chances. And their defensemen, too, are scoring goals. Like, you guys don't have to do it all. You can just be good at one thing or the other, but they have a fantastic top six. Their bottom six and their defensemen are like, that looks fun. And so they're chipping in as well. This is this is a very complete team, very complete team. And it's going to be a team that Nashville, you're going to see who the Nashville Predators are after 60 minutes on ice against the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm afraid. Well, I mean, you know, we talked this offseason, or we talked, you know, this year about how, uh, you know, Eric Carlson was a pleasant surprise, like this big yes. scoring defenseman, and nobody uh, really had that on their radar for being like the redemption story this year. How about Brent Burns? Come on! Like, this was a guy that, you know, looked like one of the worst contracts in the league. He was in San Jose. You know, the, the Sharks mm-hmm. had to kind of trade him, even though he was like a longtime fan favorite, just because, uh, you know, they, they were going for a rebuild. Goes to Carolina. A lot of people, you know, kind of raise their eyes at that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking What's it's like, Carolina oh, thinking? Yeah, what are they doing? Is this like, you know, are they taking a step backwards? He's rewarded them with 28 points this year. Five goals, 23 oh. assists. Uh, he has kind of really taken over um, that number one power play unit. I mean, that was kind of the shortcoming for Carolina last year was they didn't really have a number one puck moving uh, defenseman ever since Dougie Hamilton left the team. So Brent Burns comes in, plays that role. You know, we already talked about Jacob Slavin, probably one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL. Uh, maybe the 2017 Matthias Ekholm of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, you have guys like Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, who them themselves are very serviceable defensemen. And even you got some new guys like Jalen Chatfield, um, who's come into the lineup and has, you know, kind of been the Jeremy Lazan of the group, you know, doesn't play a whole lot of minutes, but when he's done, they're always solid, uh, very defensively sound. You don't see him make a ton of dumb mistakes. So it's just, you look up and down the defensive lineup and then it's like, Oh, okay. How are the predators going to get bodies into dangerous areas tonight? 
or get good looks at the net. Yeah, tonight is going to be a game where players like Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, some of these more creative um you know, game players, you know, they set up good goals. You know, you're looking at somebody like Cody Glass. You're going to need to get kind of creative here because this team is really good. (laughs) The Carolina Hurricanes are really good. And we talk about this five-game stretch. You know, the Predators have Carolina tonight. Tomorrow night, they have the Washington Capitals. They have the Ottawa Senators coming up, Toronto and Montreal on this swing. So you've got some teams that are really, really good. And then you have some teams that the Predators need to beat. Well, Ottawa's one of them. Ottawa, uh, well, and Montreal again. Let's not take for granted, like, let's win the games that you should win. But a game like tonight is a game where the Predators are going to need to hang in there for 60 minutes and really generate a lot of those offensive chances you know the much improved offensive chances and the finishing offensively that we've seen from them recently where they finally started scoring more goals than one or two goals and winning games this is a game where they're really going to need to be creative and they're going to need to finish those opportunities yeah i I 100 agree with you i mean it seems like if anything this is kind of a test too because a lot of people, there's been some, you know, back and forth on Twitter. It's like, hey, are the Predators offense really turning things around? Or is this just them doing good against some bad defensive teams? Right. It feels like tonight is going to be the test. And it's like, okay, how well can you do against arguably the best defensive team in the NHL right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then uh player to watch for me. I'm, I'm going to go on the Carolina Hurricanes side. I mm-hmm. want you to give me a player to watch on the Nashville Predators side. Okay. You know, everybody talks about Sebastian Ajo. Everybody talks mm-hmm. about um, Andrei Svechnikov as kind of like the big guns. Right. Nobody's really talks about Marty Nietzsche. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's a really good center. And he's so red good. hot right now. Six points mm-hmm. in his last five games, including three goals. Uh, and he leads the Hurricanes in points this year with 37 points in 38 games. Uh, and he, you know, Sebastian Ajo missed some time this season due to injury. Obviously, they haven't had Max Pacioretty uh, back in the lineup, which apparently he may make an appearance tonight. Feel free to take an extra day, Max. Yeah, Feel we'll have to see. Don't rush back. But he has shouldered a lot of the offensive burden yeah. this season. And uh, he's he's helped the Hurricanes come out on top in a lot of games. Yeah, he has been just kind of watching some highlights and some games back, getting ready for this episode. I'm like, he has been a whole thing, that guy. Simmer down, buddy. Tonight, simmer down. Uh, For the Nashville Predators, for me, and I hate to say this, I hate to say this, but for me, it's UC Soros. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? It shouldn't be UC Soros. You know, the defense needs to play well. We need Roman Yossi to have a Roman Yossi game where defensively he is solid and sound and offensively he creates opportunities. But this game, with the amount of offensive weapons that Carolina has, this is going to be a game where we're going to need our vintage UC Soros. And again, it's a back-to-back. I'm assuming Saros will get the start tonight, and I'm assuming Lankinen will get the start in Washington, but also John Hines hasn't called to check in with me yet. Yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. He'll um, he'll, he'll call a little bit with an uh, update on his Duchess cookies order, I'm sure. 
That's right. Don't worry. I will come through for you, Coach Hines. I, I will not let you go hungry. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll have to see. Either way, plenty to talk about tomorrow on the Locked on Predators podcast. It is a six o'clock hut drop for you Central Division friends uh, live from Raleigh, North Carolina, the terrible barbecue capital of the world. Um, And until we have recap tomorrow on Locked on Preds, why don't you let the people know where they can find your work? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice you can find me at on the forecheck.com follow me on twitter at underscore ns morgan and while you're there be sure to follow the podcast at lo underscore predators and however you're listening to us whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or you're streaming us on youtube be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when we got a fresh show out for you that's going to do it on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with Preds Kane's recap. We'll see you then.